0: Welcome to Zichud Avsiman, Rabbi Abraham Golday, and today we Mod Katan, Daf Yud. The first parak, Mashkin Beis Shlachim. The first parak has been generously sponsored in the memory of Menachem Mendel, Ben Rav Yosef Yitzchak Isaac Cohen, and the son of Bacher Yosef Yitzchak Isaac, Ben Rav Menachem Mendel Cohen. May their neshamas have an uliyah. So the three tops we're going to focus on: number one, the Mishnah Daf Ches Am had stated, "Hedyot Tov for A layman may sow in his usual way during Chol Degmar Nardav asked who is considered a layman, and the Yeshiva Rabbi Yanai answered, Whoever is unable to skillfully pull a full needle of stitches through the fabric at the same time. Rashi explains that one is only considered a craftsman if he is able to pass the needle through the garment in and out several times so that with one pull the needle he completes many stitches. Rabbi Yossi Barchanina said, imra chaluko. Whoever cannot form a straight hem on the bottom of his garment. Rashi explains that he is unable to take the thick material that is sewn at the hem and so it's straight. Instead, he makes one side thick and the other side thin. The mission there continued, baha'uman makhlib, and a skilled person is makhlib. Rabbi Yo can explain mapsiyah. This is a stitching that's similar to wide steps. Rabbi Barshmul said, shinich This is a stitching that goes up and down like the teeth of a dog. Pointing to the Gumor brings eight rulings of Rabbi, related to His fourth ruling is, A person who clears debris, which Rashi says refers to twigs from an area of land, if he clears it with the intention to gather wood for fuel, it's permitted. But if he clears it with the intention of improving the land for future growth, it's prohibited. dummy, how is it known what his intention is? If he takes only the large twigs and leaves the small ones, then it appears that his intention is for gathering wood. But if he takes both the large and small ones, then it appears that his intention is to plant the fuel. His fifth ruling concerns someone who opens a gate for water to run into his land on Qomod. If his intent is to catch fish to eat, it's permitted. If it's to irrigate his land, it's prohibited. How do we discern his intent? If he opened two gates of water one at the higher elevation to let the water in, and the second at the lower elevation to let the water out, then his intent is to catch fish. But if he only opened the gate at the higher elevation, then his intent is to irrigate the field. I'm pointing with you. Rav said in his eighth ruling, any amount of merchandising in Cholmod is prohibited. Rav Bar Avin said, but in the case of a loss, it is permitted. Rush explains that if the person will have a loss if he does not sell in Cholmod, it is permitted. But where a loss is not prevented by selling it specifically in Choamod, it's forbidden. The it more relates that Ravina had certain merchandise in Cholmolod that was able to sell for 6,000 zoos, yet he waited to sell it until after Cholmolod, despite the potential for a great loss, which permits the sale. He ended up selling it after a Cholomod for 12,000 zoos. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah Dav Ches base had stated, A a layman may sew in his usual way during Cholomoed. The G'mon Ardaph asks, who's considered a layman? And the Yeshiva Rabbi Yana answered, bebasachas. Whoever is unable to skillfully pull a full needle of stitches through the fabric at the same time, Rush explains that one is only considered a craftsman if he's able to pass the needle through the garment in and out several times, so that with one pull of the needle, he completes many stitches. Rabbi Yossi Bar-Kanina said, yachul imra Whoever cannot form a straight hem on the bottom of his garment. Rashi explains that he is unable to take the thick material that is sewn at the hem and sew it straight. Instead, he makes one side thick and the other side thin. The mission there continued, and, Machlif, and a skilled person is machliv. Rabbi Yochan explained, Mapsiye. This is a stitching that is similar to wide steps. Rav said, Mo said, This is a stitching that goes up and down like the teeth of a dog. Point number two, the brings eight rulings of Ravah related to Cholamot. His fourth ruling is, A person clears debris, which Rashi says refers to twigs, from an area of land, if he clears it with the intention to gather wood for fuel, it's permitted. But if he clears it with the intention of improving the land for future growth, it's prohibited. Hechidam, hasn't known what his intention is. If he takes only the large twigs and leaves the small ones, then it appears that his intention is for gathering wood. But if he takes both the large and small ones, then it appears that his intention is to plant the field. His fifth ruling concerns someone who opens a gate for water to run into his land, if his intent is to catch fish to eat, it's permitted. If it's to irrigate his land, it's prohibited. How do we discern his intent? If he opened two gates of water, one at a higher elevation— to let the water in, and the second at a lower elevation, to let the water out, then his intent is to catch fish. But if he only opened the gate at the higher elevation, then his intent is to irrigate the field. And pointing with you, Rava said in his eighth ruling, Prahmat Koshu as any amount of merchandising on Moad is prohibited. said, Yosif Avid said, But in the case of a loss, it's permitted. Rashi explains that the person of a loss, if he does not sell on Cholmowod, it's permitted. But where a loss is not prevented by selling it specifically on Cholmoed, it's forbidden. The Gemara relates that Ravina had certain merchandise in Cholmoed that was able to sell for 6,000 Zuz, yet he waited to sell it until after Cholmoed, despite the potential for a great loss, which permits the sale. He ended up selling it after Cholmoed for 12,000 Zuz. All right, so now we go to our Daf Yud, and our standard Simen is a minion of Yidin. A minion of Yidin. So here goes. The minion of Yidin wearing messed up hems that they sold on Cholmoed had time to go out to the field to collect some large twigs for the Shul's Cholomolid bonfire because their shops were closed of the Chag for merchandising. Once again so slow motion. The minion of Yidin, Minyan of Yidin, that must be more Yud. The Minyan of Yidin wearing messed up hems that they sewed on Cholomolid, which reminds us the Mishan state ahead of for A layman may sew in his usual way during Cholomolid. The and Arduff has what's considered a layman and the Yeshiva Rabbi Yana answered whoever's unable to skillfully pull a needle of stitches through the fabric at the same time. But Yosif Bar said whoever cannot form a straight hem on the bottom of his garment. So the minion of Yin wearing messed up hems that they sewed on Cholomoled had time to go out to the field to collect some large twigs for the Shul's Cholomoled bonfire. Which reminds us, if one only takes large twigs and leaves the small ones when clearing a field, then it appears his intentions for gathering wood to fuel a fire which is permitted on Cholomod. But if he takes both the large and small twigs, and it appears that his intention is to clear the field so that he can plant, which is forbidden. So the minion of Yidden wearing messed up hems that they sold on Cholomod had time to go out to the field to collect some large twigs for the Shul's Cholomod bonfire, because their shops were closed with the chag for merchandising. Which reminds us, Rav said in his eighth ruling, any amount of merchandising in Cholomot is prohibited, Rav Yosibur Avin said, but in the case of a loss, it is permitted. Rashi explains that if the person will have a loss if he does not sell it on Cholomot, but where a loss is not prevented by selling it specifically on Cholomot, it is forbidden. So once again, the minion of Yin wearing messed up hems that they sold on Cholomot had time to go out to the field to collect some large twigs for the Shul's Cholomot bonfire. Because their shops were closed for the chag for merchandising. Alright, now it's time for four Boabach Hazorah. Daf Vav. So the simmer Daf Vav is a sword. So here goes. The zealous Shulchei Basin that went out on Chol-Moed, brandishing their sword swords. That must mean more on Daf Vav. The zealous Shulchei Basin that went out on Chol-Moed, brandishing their swords to inspect the fields for Kalayim, which reminds us the Mishnah said that Shulchei Basin also go out to inspect the fields for Kalayim, referring to Pesach Hamoed. The G'mon Ardaf has said this is a contradiction to a Mishnah Shkalim that says the inspectors go out on the 15th of Adar. Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef Berchanin each provide an answer. One said that the Mishnah Shkalim is dealing with the early crop, whereas the Mishnah here is dealing with the later crop. The other one said, Kambizran, Kambiyarakos. The Mishnah Shkalim deals with grains, whereas here it deals with vegetables. So this Zeus Shulchei Basin that went out on Hamoed. Brandishing their swords to inspect the fields for Kalayim. saw a man use his sword to make a channel, to draw water from one tree to another, which reminds us that the next mission of Satan's for Blazim Yaakov says, Moshe mm-hmm. and mine, meet you and the and we may draw the water from one tree to another tree on Moed. provided that one does not water the entire field. Rushi explains. That the trees need to be irrigated to prevent financial loss But the whole field may not be watered Because the grains, in this case, can survive on rainwater And plants that were not watered before the mod May not be watered in Cholomot Rashi explains that since they were not watered regularly before They'll survive if one doesn't water them during The Cholomot But the Chami permit watering in both cases Rashi explains that the will here is mare Who permits watering a rainwater field In order to enhance its growth So the Zeloshukhe basin that went out on Cholomot Brandishing their swords To inspect the fields for kalayim saw a man use his sword to make a channel to draw water from one tree to another next to an ant hill where a battle to the deaths was going on which reminds us that more brings up Bryce that states we may destroy ant in the and Ramesh explains how one brings dirt from this ant hole and puts it in this ant hole and the ants choke each other to death but she explains that when the ants smell the unfamiliar soil they panic and kill each other Davzine, so the Simr Zine is Clayzine, a weapon, a gun so here goes the heavily armed guards, armed guards, gun, that must mean we're on Dov, Zion. The heavily armed guards, hard to prevent the Kohen from looking at people's negaim on Cholomoled, which reminds us that we have a Malchus Mir on the Khamim whether a Cohen can look at a negah on Cholomod. Rabbi Mir says, a Kohen may look and examine a negatzeraz on Cholomod to be mechol, but not to be machmir. Rashi explains that Kohen sees that he's Tommy shouldn't say anything, because if he declares him Tommy he'll cause a person distress, and the Torah says, And you should rejoice in your Chag. But the Khamim say a cone may not examine at all, neither to be makel nor machmir. They hold the cone who examines a negum must make a ruling, and if he were to examine it in order to be makel, he might end up having to be machmir. So, the heavily armed guards hired to prevent the count from looking at people's nagaim on Moed weren't sure if they should have him go and look at the Mitzorah at the end of his second confinement, which reminds us the Gemara brings a similar malchokas between the Rebbe Yosi, who holds like the Chukhamim and Rebbe qualifies the malchokas that they only disagree in the case of someone at the end of his second confinement where his situation will improve if he's Tahor and worsen if he's Tame, as he'll be distressed on becoming a Mitzorah muchlat. So, the heavily armed guards hired to prevent the Kohen from looking at people's nagaim on Cholomoed weren't sure if they should let him go and look at the Mitzorah at the end of his second confinement and told the Khazan to come back in a week after Sheba Brachas. Which reminds us, since becoming a Mitzorah is dependent on the Cohen's declaration of the person being Tameh, we learn that if someone develops a nega, we give him seven days of a shower brachas before examining it, and we also give him an allowance for his house and clothing. Similarly, if someone develops a nega before a regal, we give him seven days of the Chag before examining it. Dav Ches. So the symbol Dav Ches is Chala. So here goes. The Chola mode Chala delivery truck, Chala, that must be Dav Ches. The Cholomot Chala delivery truck stopped to drop off free to the man reburying his parents' bones, which reminds us of the next mission states where Mer said that a person may gather the bones of his father and mother and bury them in an ancestral pond of because it's a Simcha for him. Rush explains that he's happy that they're buried next to their ancestors and it's not distressing for him. But Yossi said, will he well. It's a source of mourning for him and therefore it's prohibited. Even though a person should mourn the entire day when he reinterns the bones, Abai explains that remir means that the Simcha of the Regal is upon him. Since he's very involved in the Simcha of the Chag, the re doesn't bother him. So the Cholomod Chala delivery truck stopped to drop off free Chala, to the man rebearing his parents' bones and to the team busy lengthening some Kuchin which reminds us that the next mission states we may not dig burial alcoves or graves during of B'Mod, but we may adjust burial alcoves during Cholomod which means that we may shorten them and a Breizet teaches that we may also lengthen and widen them even though it involves so the whole mode delivery truck stopped to drop off free challah, to the man bearing his parents' bones and to the team busy lengthening some kuchin since they had so much extra challah from the chassan's cancelled order who just found out he couldn't get married. On which reminds us, the next mission states, a nosin nashim or or We may not marry women in Chol Hamoed, neither virgins or widows, nor may we perform yibum if because doing one of these things is a simcha form. And the Gemara brings four reasons why it's a problem to have this additional simcha on the Chag. Daf test, so the simmer daf test is a teapot. So here goes the ladies enjoying two separate seven-day tea parties. Tea that must be one daf test teapot. The is enjoying two separate seven-day tea parties, making sure not to mix simchas, which reminds us that the source for ma Arvin Simcha Besimcha, we do not mix one simcha with another simcha, comes from a Passover Garden Shalom celebration of the dedication of the base of Migdash. Shiva's Yamim Yamim for seven days and for seven more days, fourteen days. They celebrate for seven days before Sukkot, and then celebrate for seven days during Sukkot, for a total of fourteen days. The proof is from the redundancy of saying that they celebrate for fourteen days when it had just stated that they had celebrated for seven days and seven more days. We can learn from this that the seven days of celebrating the dedication of the base and mikdash are on their own and the seven days of sukkahs are on their own, meaning that the Simchas were not mixed. So the ladies enjoying two separate seven-day tea parties, making sure not to mix simchas, were aghast when one lady shared that the Jews ate on Yom Kippur when the base of Migdash was dedicated, which reminds us that the year of the dedication of the base of Migdash, Qaisel did not keep Yom Kippur. They made the following homer. If by the dedication of the Mishkan whose kedusha is not everlasting, and we're dealing with the individual kabbonis of the Nassim, yet it was Doche Shabbos which is in eres then all the more so by the dedication of the base of Migdash whose kedusha is everlasting, and the kabbonis of the Tzibor, and in Yom Kippur the onish is only chorus that the celebration should override Yom Kippur. So the ladies enjoying two separate seven-day tea parties, making sure not to mix simchas, were aghast when one lady shared that the Jews ate on Yom Kippur when the base of Migdash was dedicated. And another one was told her grandson shouldn't leave learning if someone else can pour the tea. Which reminds the Gomorrah resolves a seeming contradiction between two pursuit regarding the issue of whether mitzvahs are equal to Talmud Torah by explaining kan that here in the Pasach that mitzvahs do not compare to Talmud Torah, it refers to a mitzvah that can be performed by others. Therefore one who's learning should let someone else do the mitzvah. Kan mitzvah whereas here in the Pasach that implies the mitzvahs are equal to Talmud Torah, it refers to a mitzvah which cannot be done by others. Therefore, a person winning should stop learning and perform the mitzvah. All right, that concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Ramgol and Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.